Kevin Markwick. want you. No, I do. Yes, you, sir. Uh, Marky Smith in Spiral Carpets together. 
fantastic stuff. Hello, welcome along. It's the Kevin Markwick Show for another two hours of whatever it is that we do. Not quite sure we put a name to it as yet. Thank you, Adrian Corbin, for another great show. There he goes in his flares. Big shoes. So tonight we've got all sorts, actually. The time pouch is up to 1989. And actually quite a lot of good music. From the likes of uh, Hans Zimmer, Maurice Jarre, and Danny Elfman. We've also got good music from uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, the Arctic Monkeys, Melody's Echo Chamber, Richard Hawley, Josephine Foster, Queens of the Stone Age. The list is not actually endless. It might feel like it, though. So kick back, sit back, relax. I'm going to after the day I've had. Here is uh, Hani El Khatib. Al-Khatib from the current album, uh, Head in the Dirt, which is uh, rather good, actually produced by uh, Dan uh, Orbach of the Black Keys. Very, very good. Nice and rocky. I like that one. Um, 
So, what do I want you to do? Get in touch with the show uh, at Kevin Markwick on Twitter, uh, at the Kevin Markwick page on Facebook, or you can go online. Uh, you can look at the back of my head. Uh, check out my dandruff on the website, www.uckfieldfm.co.uk. Dave King's already here. Yay! Somebody still loves me, at least. Um, and it would be good to hear from you, really, it would. So uh, let's keep the music motoring along. This is actually a toy. Join the dots.
Toy, join the dots. Brighton Boys. That's from the album of the same name, Join the Dots, which is uh, out now on Heavenly Recordings. Uh, now, if you are getting in touch with us on the uh, webcam-based uh, text inputting device, I think that's right, um, then I've got no top. I keep meaning to bring a new keyboard in every Monday. There's no, I can't do exclamation marks or question marks. So it looks like I'm being, being really rude or like a 14-year-old on Twitter, which I'm not. It's just I can't do any question marks or, or, or exclamation marks or anything like that. I'm going to bring one in next week. That's what I'll do because it's driving me nuts. Okay, here's uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, The King of Carrot Flowers, Part 1. Neutral Milk Hotel, The King of Carrot Flowers, Part 1. I've got to take one of these breaky things right now. Uh, And when we come back, some Arctic Monkeys.
from the uh, current album am or am which one is it <gasps> i don't know there's no dots it doesn't go a dot m dot so i'm assuming it's am from the arctic monkeys which uh it, um yeah that's the current single i did did i say that i can't remember now we got um a couple of weeks to go on this batch of shows that i'm doing and because we've already hit 1989 that means that we've got two whole weeks where we can do whatever we want so uh anybody got any suggestions i mean apart from bog off and leave us alone although i will if i get enough votes um you know, because we, we can do what we like. We can do a whole hour of film stuff with no incumbents at all. Is incumbents even a word? I don't know. Uh, so I've got a couple more tracks, is it? Yeah, a couple more tracks coming up. Then we go into the film part of the show where I've got uh, music from Mark Alton and Rolf Kent uh, and also John Barry. I'm going to get John Barry in again or because we didn't get him in last week. And then uh, Cheney's going to wrap up 1988. <laughs> I always become a little unsure of myself at that point. Yes, and a fine job he does too. So before we get there, um, as I say, a couple more tracks. A bit chalk and cheese, actually. Uh, after this, we've got some Louis Prima, but this is Melody's Echo Chamber.
wonderful French outfit. Melody, Melody's echo chamber. Crystallized. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a change of gear now because I need something to cheer me up. Uh, this is uh, Louis Prima, just a gigolo. And just a gigolo. And everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling its romance. Oh, the same. There will come a day. And youth will pass away What will they say about me When the end comes I know They'll suggest to gigolos Life goes on without me And just a gigolo Everywhere I go People know the part I'm playing Paid for every dance Selling each romance Oh, what they say And there will come a day will pass away what will they say about me when the end comes I know there's a just a triple dose life goes on without me cause I ain't got nobody oh and there's nobody just for me there's nobody just for me I'm so sad and lonely Sad and lonely, sad and lonely Want oh, some sweet mama Come take a chance with me Cause I ain't so bad then But the bozzy but Blip up. I ain't got nobody. Oh, and there's nobody to kiss for me. There's nobody to kiss for me.
you really can't say fairer than Louis Prima and uh, I ain't got no body and the other one just a jiggle jiggle okay we're gonna have a break and then it's the filmy part Kevin Markwick So it's the film time part of the uh, show arrangement now. Mm. Uh, what I'm going to do first off is I'm going to play some uh, tracks from Alexander Payne movies because I like Alexander Payne movies because they're movies for grown-ups and they're really great. And this week, actually, in my cinema, we're showing Nebraska, which is certainly going to be in my top five uh, of the year. A beautifully observed uh, black and white, actually, unusually, a film about a man who uh, kind of gets one last chance at uh, making a big shot of himself, uh, played by the extraordinary Bruce Dern, um, who's got to be in for an Oscar, isn't he, for that one? He's got to be in, a shout, in for a shout, I'd have thought. It's kind of almost the role of a lifetime. But the score is beautiful. It's a kind of uh, mixture of Americana and film score type music and it's uh, by a chap called Mark Orton who has written film scores before although this is his most high high profile one and this is a short cue from uh, Nebraska just to give you a flavour of the kind of mood of the picture it's called Dare Pie Mark Orton's score for Alexander Payne's wonderful new film, Nebraska. I, I'm just going to say you should kind of catch it while you can because with the glut of Christmas stuff coming up, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to struggle to survive the Hobbitses and the uh, and all the other big award contenders uh, coming in behind it. Uh, and don't don't wait for so-called home entertainment. It really is beautiful cinemascope photography that needs to be seen on the big screen, really. But then I would say that, wouldn't I? Now, in 2004, Alexander Payne made uh, uh, another wonderful film called Sideways, uh, and the score was written by British-born Rolf Kent, 
who had also written uh, the score for um, about Schmidt. And I think he did Election as well. Did he do Election? Yes, he did. And lots of others. Kate and Leopold. The Men Who Stare at Goats. I enjoyed that. Uh, and Legally Blonde and one or two others. But this is a kind of jazzy score that uh, Rolf wrote for uh, Sideways in 2004. <laughs> Thank you. 
called Drive from the soundtrack of Sideways. Especially for Phil Lott. Now, um, that was... Uh, I'm going to need some help, actually. <laughs> By Rolf Kent. That's what I meant to say. I knew there was something in my head that I wanted to say. Uh, I'm going to need some help with the next one because I'm going to play some uh, music from The Descendants. I know I've played some before, but this is a, a, another lovely piece um, that was written for... Well, no, it wasn't written for. I think what happened was they used uh, traditional Hawaiian songs. And is there anybody out there from Hawaii that can give me some help here? It's a track called Imi Aiwa Oi. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, and it's uh, performed and arranged by Kiola Bima. But I, I, if there's any Hawaiian people listening, I apologise for mangling your language. But nevertheless, the music is beautiful. Lovely. It makes you feel sunny, doesn't it? And a bit sad, 
Reminds me of the film, of course, because it was in it. Kevin, you idiot. Uh, from Alexander Payne's 2011 film with George Clooney, The Descendants, which, of course, was all set on Hawaii, and these are all traditional Hawaiian tunes, and I'm not going to offend anybody by trying to pronounce them again. Just go and get the soundtrack, because it, it's, it's lovely, uh, full of uh, traditional Hawaiian tunes. Now, uh, last week, uh, I overran, as I tend to do, I sort of self-edit as I go on, which is a shame, because there's some good stuff that gets missed. I got One day I'll get the hang of this. So uh, I did promise um, the brilliant score by John Barry for Midnight Cowboy. Bit of a bit of a curveball there, but, uh, you know, we love film music, that's why we're doing this. This is Midnight Cowboy.
John Barry's beautiful score for uh, John Schlesinger's 1969 film Midnight Cowboy, which uh, was one of the few egg certificate films that took really, really, really big money all over. Uh, I'm not sure we'd get an egg certificate today, but at the time it was uh, considered quite racing. I think it was unusual for an egg certificate or certainly a film of that type to win Best Picture as well, which it did. Um, and then it went on to continue to take money, because this is obviously before, you know, um, video and TV and DVD and things. Well, it wasn't before TV. That's stupid. It wasn't on TV. Um, because it was doubled up with The Graduate. That was a massive double feature. You could always get away. If you're a bit stuck for a programme, stick in Midnight Cowboy and The Graduate, and you'd always do all right. Right, we're going to have... Um, some break now and then when we come back Cheney is going to wrap up 1980 yeah 1988 so here we go then 1988 is going to be wrapped up now remember it's just two Cheneys till Christmas hello Throughout the 1980s the film business was just as sensitive to the trends and topics of the day as the next industry Cinema had delivered all the entertainment that hindsight dictated, from science fiction to adventure, producing hits for children, teenagers and adults alike. In 1987, a violent stock crash in America started the beginning of a worldwide downturn. Perhaps 1988 was too early for links to be drawn between the films released in that year and the previous autumn's crash, but it is interesting to look at the smattering of fantastical escapist flicks that were popular in that subsequent year. Moonwalker is, inevitably, a feature-length pop video, a grand folly of its extraordinary star, not to mention the natural extension of the ambition of the thriller and bad videos. A mannered and bizarre vehicle for Michael Jackson, most of the film is dated. However, the originality and panache of the dancing singer-songwriter and his company makes for thrilling set pieces, including this... The most famous smooth criminal. more independently-minded cinema-goers, the big offbeat hit of 1988 was Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton brought an energy and shtick to the eponymous... Well, it's not really possible to explain the resurrected Piero exorcist Beetlejuice in this single sentence. Whatever Keaton and his director Tim Burton intended, the film is great fun. 
It also gave us this fine, eclectic score from Danny Elfman, which Andrew Hewitt, composer of Submarine and The Double, mentioned as an influence on his own work when speaking to this show in January. Escapism doesn't necessarily demand fantasy. Arguably the best film of 1988 was a feature-length nostalgia trip charting one man's life in the movies. Cinema Paradiso is a fictional account of a young boy who grows up in a sleepy Italian town with the local projectionist as a de facto father. All the technological and social developments in the talkies are covered with great fun and love. The final scene is one of the great damn-busting coups of cinema as the wonders of the past rush forward to ambush the grey-haired film executive that the boy has become. Ennio Morricone wrote a striking, BAFTA-winning score that is the equal of the film's tremendous heart. I wonder how much of himself Kevin sees in the little Salvatore Toto di Vita. Goodbye.
Ine Morricone's beautiful score for Cinema Paradiso, which, uh, yeah, as you can imagine, has quite a lot of resonance for me, my uh, boy growing up in cinema. Um, do you know, one of the problems I... I this is going to sound terrible, and I do. I blub like a small child at the end there, um, which anybody would. I don't think it's got anything to do with growing up in a cinema. It's just about the kind of... Uh, uh, where you're from and uh, where you've been and where yeah and all <laughs> that makes no sense anyway it's a very moving sequence at the end of the film I wish I could have been a bit more coherent about it but uh, I have one tiny tiny issue with the film and this is going to sound a bit church like one of those people that say oh I happen to notice the 1957 Ford uh, was in fact uh, not available at that time uh, I, I don't mean that it's just in the projection box which is the heart of a cinema um and where the magic kind of, or part of where the magic happens, um, there's only one projector. Now, growing up in a cinema, one of the magic things is the the fact that there were two projectors and you, you changed over from one reel to the next in the middle of the film. You know, it always seemed like a magical thing to me that the projectionist would stand there and you'd see the dots on the screen and they'd change over to the other reel. Because if you look at the film, the reels are only 20 minutes long. You'd have to keep stopping and relacing. I know it sounds like I'm being a bit... Uh, pedantic but i'm not because that's a that's a really integral part of 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 the magic of the projection box so um i'm sorry if i've uh if i didn't buy into it 100 in that way oh it makes me sound terrible but it was a beautiful beautiful film nonetheless and i've talked too much and the timing's already difficult on the uh 1989 section so let's get it going kevin markwick Prisoners. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. You maniac! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you! Oh, hell! Must be some kind of hot tub time machine. And what I didn't do, of course, was thank Cheney for the, another brilliant, brilliant contribution. Thank you, Cheney. That was wonderful. Uh, now, the timing is so weird on this one. I'm not even going to play you a uh, indie, indie styly film, uh, indie styly track from the indie styly charts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive straight in. 1989. Uh, decades nearly over. Here we are in 1989. So what have we learnt? Not to do it again, probably. Thatch is hanging on still. Sky TV starts broadcasting in the UK. And with the might of my business acumen, I actually went out and bought BSB Squareal. <laughs> so don't ever listen to me about what technology to buy. 94 football fans are killed in a crush during the FA Cup semi-final at Hillsborough. George Bush Sr. succeeds Ronald Reagan as president of the US. Ayatollah Khomeini places a £3 million bounty on satanic verses author Salman Rushdie's head. 
and Tim Berners-Lee basically invents the internet. Hurrah! Progress at last! The Tiananmen Square massacre takes place in China and the Dalai Lama wins the Nobel Peace Prize. See, we're already into film music. Have you spotted what it is yet? Uh, the best-selling single of 89 was Ride on Time by Black Box and the top album of the year was uh, Ten Good Reasons by Jason Donovan. For ten good reasons not to buy it, I think. In the indie chart, The Stone Roses, She Bangs the Drums, made number one in July, which is the track I was going to play you, but I'm going straight in. So what was going on at the cinema, Kev? Well, all sorts, thank you for asking. Uh, the top, tens, uh, top ten films from 1989, then. At number ten, grossing £6.7 million, Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, Danny Glover and the bemulleted Mel Gibson return as Riggs and Myrtle in a perfectly fine sequel that pretty much delivered fast, violent and funny. Like me, really. Uh, it had the added appeal of Joe Pesci as well, uh, and it did what it said on the tin, actually, unpretentiously and with some wit. Much weightier matters at number nine. This is the music we're playing. Grossing £6.9 million, Peter Weir's much-loved Dead Poets Society. Always a wee bit too self-referential for my taste. And I'm a big Peter Weir fan. Uh, Robin Williams is at least under some control from the flailing performances he had become associated with as the English master at the expensive New England school in the 1960s, who shows the boys something of life's possibilities, only to be squashed by the system. In essence, it's a simple coming-of-age story with some rage against authority thrown in, all done very photogenically. I'm sure if you're a sensitive 14-year-old boy... It's probably quite incendiary. I was already too old and curmudgeonly by that point. What a misery! And it's a hard heart that doesn't shed a tear during the climactic Captain My Captain scene. And the score, this score by Maurice Shah, was suitably stirring. Jar's music from Dead Poet Society. Uh, Darth Literal Fun at number eight. The Naked Gun was a surprise hit for Paramount. A cheapish feature version of the daft comedy series Police Squad 
featuring the brilliant Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin, idiotic detective. Nice beaver. Gun. Who's that by? I didn't look it up. What an idiot. Okay, so Mr. Bond was back at number seven. apparently wrote the music for Naked Gun I'm none the wiser so Mr Bond was back at number 7 the second Timothy Dalton Bond licensed to kill wasn't a bad film at all quite good actually but a rather lacklustre box office performance by Bond standards I mean number 7 come on in fact, I think right back at the beginning of this series, I said, oh, Bond will always be number one. I think he's only been number one twice. I blame Dodger, mostly. So why didn't the Dalton one take money? I don't actually know. Anyway, the disappointing performance meant it was another six years before Pierce Brosnan was able to revive the Alien franchise. Disappointing £7.5 million. Pounds. Actually, even the theme song was a wee bit underwhelming. I mean, it wasn't terrible. We'll let that play and then have a break and come back with more 1989. So, hello, Kevin Markwick here, going through 1989, the last decade of the 80s. We've been through the lot. And, uh, you know, have we suffered? No, it's been great. Um, So, where do we get to? Number six, uh, the belated and rather underwhelming Ghostbusters 2. Everyone seemed to be on autopilot, really. 
No more so than Bill Murray, who was, uh, let's face it, totally phoning it in. Uh, anyway, so the mighty Oscar-winning Triumph Rain Man was at number five. A kind of supergroup of a movie. High-wattage stars strutting their stuff under the baton of a top-draw thoroughbred Hollywood director. Uh, Dustin Hoffman is on song with all the right ticks as an autistic savant, Raymond Babbitt. And Tom Cruise... I don't know. Yeah, he's probably never given a better performance as self-obsessed Charlie Babbitt, who learns to love the brother he never knew he had on the road trip of a lifetime. Uh, great performance too by uh, Valeria Golina as Charlie's long-suffering girlfriend Susanna, and Barry Levinson directs with great skill and restraint, giving us a, uh, an unusually true and heartfelt end- ending uh, for a mainstream film. Anyway, even Hans Zimmer doesn't overdo it uh, with his rather lovely. Oscar nominated score.
end credits uh, from Rain Man, Hans Zimmer. I'd forgotten how good that was, actually, and I've, I've had it. I've lost my, um, I'll admit, I've had it on repeat in the office the last couple of days when um, while I've been building the show. Uh, and uh, of course, on the end credits, you had the wonderful pictures that uh, that uh, Raymond had taken throughout his uh, road trip. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, so, where are we? Let's have a look at the notes. I think we're on time, actually. Are we doing all right? Yeah, just about. Um, a biggie for us at number four. Shirley Valentine ticked all the right boxes. <laughs> oh, yes, it did. It had Uckfield stamped on its forehead, I'll tell you. Willie Russell's play, skillfully handled by veteran British director Lewis Gilbert, uh, opened out the uh, single-hander for the big screen. Pauline Collins was nominated for an Oscar for a portrayal of Shirley, a middle-aged housewife who decides there must be more to life than cooking her husband's chips and egg. Um, Joe eats late. <laughs> oh, boy it was an old lady tsunami i tell you 11.5 million pounds was a fantastic achievement remember that you know shirley valentine outgrossed james bond yes so the top three so maybe that was one of the first kind of you know what they call it the gree pound and all that nonsense uh maybe that was an early indicator of uh, the way things are going now so the top three uh pretty heavy hitters actually batman Oh, grossing £12 million. Tim Burton's revelatory take on the comic book movie. Batman is a dark and moody film that paved the way for all the tosh we have to put up with now from Marvel and the like. Anyway, so um, certainly we'd never seen anything quite like it up to that point. Uh, it became a phenomenon, not least because of the involvement of Prince on the soundtrack and Jack Nicholson's bonkers turn as the Joker. And actually, Michael Keaton as the caped crusader in many ways was uh, was the least of it. Um, and the score was suitably Danny Elfmanish.
new Batman. Not the new one. The Tim Burton one from 1989. Uh, took a lot of money. Oh, I remember I had nightmares. I still have nightmares. The print. <laughs> we damaged one of the reels. Oh, it was a nightmare. I remember my blood all over it. We had blood on the print because I was just desperately trying to keep it going through the projector. But that's a story for another day. Uh, and number two was Back to the Future 2. Nothing wrong with that. Wonderfully entertaining. And if it suffers a wee bit from the middle of the filmish thing, who cares? The third one came along only a few months later. So, what was number one, Kev? Grossing a whomping £15.9 million. Pounds. The number one film of the year was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. To call it a return to form would be an understatement after the shrieking disappointment of Temple of Doom. Rip-roaring stuff with uh, added Sean Connery as Indy's dad on the hunt for the Holy Grail. You dolt. Uh, anyone who says they didn't have a great time watching this film is frankly lying. Uh, so we bid farewell, as we say farewell to the 1980s, uh, with John Williams' score for Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade.
Here it comes, the Raiders March. As we weave farewell to 1989. What else was going on? Let's have a quick peek, because we've really barely covered any of it, if we're honest. Uh, highest grossing films international. There we are. Uh, ones we didn't mention. Driving Miss Daisy. Parenthood. See a Love. That was good. Al Pacino. Uh, the Abyss. The wonking great uh, James Cameron thing. Field of Dreams. Another blub fest. And the wonderful Uncle Buck. Palm Door went to Sex Lies and Videotape. Steven Soderbergh's groundbreaking independent picture. Let's have a look down the list, the alphabetical list. Mm. Cook the Thief, His Wife and Her Lover. Now, that was an interesting film. Crimes and Misdemeanors. Woody Allen, one of his return to forms. She has every couple of years. The Delinquents. Oh, gosh, who remembers that? Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Do the Right Thing. Wonderful film. Drugstore Cowboy. Glory, Great Balls of Fire, Her Alibi. You can forget that. Oh, oh, I can't, unfortunately. So we'll have a break, then it's music and uh, the end after that.
Queens of the Stone Age from the current studio album uh, Like Clockwork. That's called The Vampire of Time and Memory. So just uh, some really good music. Now, until the news and the end of the show, uh, yeah, I played you Josephine Foster a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm listening to this one a lot. This is a track uh, from the current album I'm a Dreamer. I'm a dreamer I dream a lot I go upstairs And I ease my kiss Yeah I dream I'm a dreamer And I dream of you Josephine uh, Foster, I'm a Dreamer, which is the uh, current album, and that's the current single from the current album. Does that make sense? I think I'm making it up now as I go along, uh, and wonderful stuff it is too. Right, here's a 24-carat gold classic from Goat's Head Soup.
possibly ever get tired of that from goat's head soup in 1973 uh winter and arguably the, the album's remembered mainly for angie but i think that beats it frankly uh i haven't any tom waits for a while so here we go it's dreamy weather we're on you waved your crooked wand along an icy pond with a frozen Murder of silhouette Crows I saw And the tears on my face And the skates on the pond They spell Alice I disappear in your name But you must wait for me Somewhere across the sea There's the wreck of a ship Your hair is like meadow grass On the tide And the raindrops on my window And the ice in my drink Baby, all I can think of Arithmetic, arithmetic Turn the hands back on the clock How does the ocean rock the boat? How did the razor find my throat? The only strings that hold me here Are tangled up around the pier
from the album of the same name in 2002 apparently written for a play called Alice I didn't know about that I don't know what it is I do remember it was uh, co-released with an album called Blood Money which is equally as good and uh, if you've heard neither of them then you really should go out and get them in fact go out and get any Tom Waits you can uh, possibly get your hands on so next week I'm going to have to give you some Frank Zappa aren't I yes I bet you can't wait right so we're going to have ourselves a bit of a break and then it really is all over bar the uh, bar the shouting That's it. It's all over. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I've really enjoyed myself, actually. And uh, thank you for listening on the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, it means a lot to me. And I'm going to leave you with... Open up your door. Richard Hawley. <laughs> Beautiful. Open up your door. Night-night. see your face no more. I love you all. Love is so hard to find. And even harder to define Oh, open up your door Cause we've time to give And I'm feeling it so much more Open up the door Open up your door
hear your voice no more I just want to make you smile Maybe stay with you a while Open up your door Cause we have time to kill My feelings are so obscure Open up the door Open up your door Wow.